Welcome to Why Got Why. My name is Peter Engler. I am one of the hosts of the show. We are doing our co-hosting series, and uh, I'd like to welcome Gage Hunt. Thank you, Gage. You uh, you were interviewed for one mm-hmm. episode, and then you co-hosted one on Liturgy. Yeah. yeah. Big surprise for people that know you. Right. so uh part of the series what we're doing is uh during the year gage is going to be co-hosting some episodes uh with me and other people so we just want to get to know you so we're gonna we're gonna go deep but we gotta start (laughs) we gotta start somewhere Mm -hmm. so first question best wes anderson film Ooh, wow this was chosen specifically uh the the typical answer is Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, fantastic. I will say I really enjoyed this one that just came out. Medi- Meteor Asteroid City. Asteroid City. That's right. Sorry. Sorry, Wes. Uh, yeah. I'll say those two for, for now. Don't hold me to that, though. Okay. <laughs> um, so you get a fully funded free week to do whatever you want stay wherever you want. You have to pick San Francisco or Seattle. Which one do you pick and why? Oh, Seattle for sure. I am a much bigger fan of the Pacific Northwest than California. (laughs) No shade, no shade. You know, I'm sure it's great. Um, But yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. That that was it, right? Which, Which one or, okay, cool. Yeah, Seattle, no doubt. Have you been there? I haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. No, Is I that, would love to. Yeah. Have you been to San Francisco? I haven't. <laughs> okay. This was this was more Pacific Northwest versus uh, you know California than uh, specifically the cities. Huh. I did love Portland when I was there. So Seattle, Portland, you know, there. Okay. I, I hear they're somewhat similar. Okay. Okay. Most influential fiction book you read, and most influential nonfiction book you've read. These are not short questions. It's going to be tough for me to make this short. Wow. Most influential, you started with fiction. And um, I know it's fiction and we don't want to talk, but the Bible or like some like Pilgrim's right, Progress. Or, right, Those don't count. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Well, Pilgrim's Progress could count. That's, it, it could, but like. The, it's the, not my answer. The, but. the personal, you know, we're trying to keep it there. So. Yeah, well, it is. Ah, <clears throat> uh, I don't know about influential fiction. My favorite fiction, though is The Man Who Was Thursday by G.K. Chesterton. Love it. And I think it it has a just beautiful, it's a weird book. A lot of people think it's weird. It, it's very, it's known to be odd and tricky to follow in some sense. Um, but I think it's just a beautiful uh, depiction of uh, what it means to be human and seeking God and and how God interacts with us in a really crazy, fantastic, uh, entertaining way. Uh, I love Chesterton, though. So, mm. nonfiction. I think the most influential nonfiction book I read was early in my faith journey, um, and it was called "The Master Plan of Evangelism," which <laughs> can be a triggering title, perhaps. Um, but it was so influential because it just reframed for me as a young. Christian, what it meant to um, follow follow Jesus, learn to follow Jesus, and uh, how that invitation was way more about 
a relational journey um, and how, how that's what Jesus did. You know, we hear about the big sermons, um, but a vast majority of his time was spent with these 12 dudes, mm-hmm. um, like in really intentional community and relationship and in and, and sharing life. Um, and so it just cast, that cast a really distinct vision for what even the Christian walk uh, looked like for me early in my faith. So that was the most formative, mm. probably. Okay. Short little book, but outsized in, in its influence. Two, two more fun questions, and we're, we're going to jump in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you went like total Christian on us, which is okay. I know, okay. I know. You're, which, which I is fine. answer, honestly. Well, no, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, what was the last uh, artist or music you listened to on vinyl? On vinyl? Oh, wow. Fun. Um, it was just my birthday, and so my sister actually bought me a vinyl record, Um so it's Santo and Johnny. I, I wasn't familiar with them prior to last week, uh, but that that's that's what it was, and it's a fun uh, a fun album. It, first introduction, but I like them so far. Okay, <laughs> so you have a recommendation and a review at the same time. That's yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> part of what we're trying to do is kind of get our listeners in the mind of our host of the questions and the things that they're thinking. And the best way to do that is to just tell your story. So why don't you just kind of walk us through your faith journey? We've heard a little bit of it in those last two, in those two episodes that you've been a part of, but just give us, we want to get to know Gage. (laughs) Awesome. Sure. Happy to share. Um, So my faith journey really, really began as early as it could. I was raised in a, in a Christian home. I consider myself really blessed to have been given parents who, when I was born, were pretty young in their faith journey and so had some zeal and enthusiasm. And um, of course, growing up as a kid, it's just a cultural thing. It's not necessarily uh, a super meaningful or intentional arena sphere of your your life, nor are many things before you're, you know, 12. <laughs> so, you know, grew up in a Christian household, um, did did the typical thing of this is part of my life, but not the defining orientation of my life and um, had fun in high school. Wasn't, you know, trying to live by the Christian rule book necessarily, Um, but really, really had a profound experience with uh, God late in my high school years. And so as I've already alluded to, I was a little involved with Young Life, which is a nonprofit uh, ministry, a parachurch ministry, I should say. And had a powerful experience on a, on a trip with them uh, where I just, I just personally encountered God and realized um, uh, really how I wanted to relate to him. And so- So stop oh, right there oh, just for okay. a second. Yeah. Um, so when you say you encountered God yeah. and you were on a trip, yeah. be super specific. What did cool. it look like? Where were you? What okay, were you doing? Okay. Yeah, so it's so funny because my journey as as one peck further has included a lot of rethinking, reflecting, uh, thinking differently about some things that I've experienced, uh, perhaps some things more critically. But um, I make that disclaimer because it's kind of a, a story that um, I think for some might be easy to roll your eyes at at first blush. Um being connected with Young Life, I went on a missions trip with them after kind of hanging out 
with Young Life for a couple of years. And I was still, it was just a thing. It was just one of the trips that Young Life offered. And I liked the organization. It was a lot of fun. It was a, a lot of my friends were part of it. So it was just the next thing. I'm like, okay, it's Young Life, I'll go. Um, didn't have a deep conviction about missions or anything like that. Um, but while I was there, it, it was a trip to El Salvador. Um, and uh, it, it was a mix of kind of a service trip and um, community building or relational um, relationship building. And um, I think what, <laughs> what you don't always see in these type of contexts and maybe the, you know, contemporary church contexts and trips like this, uh, but that they did really well and I really appreciate still now is they carved everyone on the trip. It was kind of a smaller trip, like 20 something people. And everyone on the trip was really just invited in every day around lunch, right after lunch to take about an hour to themselves. Not a ton of guidance, you know, a, a little bit. I think someone printed out a guided devotional for us, but really the emphasis being on alone reflection while on the trip. Um, and it was during those times where in kind of a new place and interacting with people who this community we, visit, we visited were people of faith there in El Salvador, uh, but obviously a very different faith and life experience than the one I had grown up in. And so talking to those people and then getting that time in prayer or, or in alone reflection, because this was before <laughs> prayer was such a, such an emphasis in my life. Um, but those moments, those, those times of reflection alone, uh, it, it was then where I do think I would say uh, it, it kind of became prayer because I was confronted uh, in those alone times of reflection with not an auditory voice or um, crazy vision, um, but a real deep internal sense. And, and I would say communion with God um, sense of, of his approach, his presence, um, and a, a greater sense of who he is uh, in a way that was both humbling and really attractive. So did you go to like a waterfall or a mountain <laughs> or like where? I think the moment, uh, this this particular moment where, where things really shifted wasn't, even a remarkable location. It was outside the little church that we were sleeping in. Mm. No one was around. Um, I was just sitting outside on the steps. Um, wow, that's a cliche image. <laughs> <laughs> um, Get that photo on Unsplash. <laughs> no doubt. But yeah, and, and no one was, it was just afternoon, like I said, after lunch um, in kind of rural El Salvador. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, fill us in because, you know, you grew up a part of church. It seemed like this was a seminal moment yeah. that God yeah. became real. Yeah. You went to, uh, I'm going to get this right. You went to Ithaca? The town of Ithaca, yep. What school did you go to? Cornell. You went to Cornell. <laughs> Big Red, Andy Bernard. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's yeah. Uh, talk about your faith journey there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, of course, Young Life, this, this trip, I said end of high school. Um, and so after that, uh, dramatic shift in orienting my life, trying to figure out what it meant, what it meant to walk with God and um, be be a, a child of God. 
Um, which I mentioned already, the you know that book, which was super formative, really in, invited, framed it as a, a community journey um, or as a journey with others, a journey in relationship. And again, our Young Life influence here, one of the beautiful things of Young Life is it's very ecumenical um, in the Young Life community that I had you know my own real faith encounter in. There were uh, Protestants of various stripes, Roman Catholics, uh, just a broad body of of believers, which gave me early on that uh, appreciation for the breadth of the church, not just my own tradition or experience in Christianity. So then fast forward just slightly to college and I find myself at uh, a large, um, uh, you know, non-Christian university, Um, super diverse university and uh, including diversity in in every respect, including within the church. And so even more, my experience of different denominations was turned up kind of to 11, really appreciated that. I was hungry for it. Um, But also my appreciation for just the diversity of human experience, uh, faith aside, um, and so there, I think I really gained an appreciation for um, breadth of faith, yes, but but breadth of experience in life, um, which which led well into the next season. But I don't want to jump ahead. <laughs> now jump there. Okay, all go. Right. Um, so then I moved to New York City, um, Brooklyn specifically, and. Uh, this was a real uh, formative season in my faith journey because uh, after having experienced uh, progress, after experiencing progressively greater diversity of human experience and faith uh, within the church, uh, then moved to New York City, which you know gets the stereotype of uh, <laughs> back, you know. <laughs> There, there's this uh, expression people used to say, uh, not anymore, thanks to uh, Tim Keller, among others, um, but that uh, New York was the city that uh, churches went to die or denominations <laughs> went to die. Um, just this reputation of a, of a super um, non-Christian city, um, obviously super diverse. So a lot of, I think a lot of people go there um, with a perhaps, I, I, I don't want to judge, but perhaps shallower experience of faith. Um, one that uh, doesn't, doesn't, hasn't included much perspective on, on the breadth of the church or uh, <laughs> just the nuance and the complexity um, of, of the, the, the Christian tradition and belief and show up in New York and have a lot of smart friends from totally different parts of the world, uh, totally different worldviews, ask really tough questions or share experiences from their own, you know, Christian church background that are really jarring. And so that was a really... I am really grateful for for the years I lived in New York because um, both with friends in the church coming with different stuff 
and with my friends outside the church who I got to meet in the city, who again, were just super sharp, um, but from totally different perspectives um, and experiences, uh, really was forced to uh, reckon with things, reckon with questions that I hadn't been asked before, reckon with life experiences that hadn't occurred to me before, with heavier, weightier, um, more tragic experiences within the, you know, uh, body community of uh, uh, humans that I, I, I thought, I believed, I still believe, but it was, you know, challenged by others' experiences that God is using to really uh, bless the world, you know, people sharing their experiences in that community that were, are tragic. Through all these things, um, forced to really personally reckon with questions that I hadn't been poked with before. And also incredibly grateful for the privilege of walking alongside others who are doing that too in a totally different way with their own experiences and background. Um, so I um, <clears throat> I want to come back to those questions, but I want to ask a personal question. Yeah, so yeah. A word that you've said a lot of that I think some of our listeners would be surprised um, is this word diversity. Mm. Um, I hmm. don't. I don't think Christian. I'm not the picture of diversity. Uh, well, you know. Well, uh, you said it, but um, <laughs> you know, when people think about Christianity, especially in America, the word diversity or engaging people that might not believe the same way you know, you do, you know, going to Cornell and Ivy League school, um, going to New York City, which is more metropolitan. And so what I what I want to do is kind of with that framework of diversity, what's one of the specific questions you walked through and what did it look like and who was at the table? Doesn't have to be the formal table, but, you know, what did that look like for you to wrestle through that? This isn't a direct answer. So I apologize ahead of time. The biggest thing that I took from the season of, of wrestling with several questions, with both the, the, the kind of dorky, nerdy questions of this or that, you know, salvific theory, whatever, um, or the super kind of down-to-earth real-life questions of, you know, what what is Christianity's take? What, what does God think about human sexuality? Um, wrestling through and being confronted with n- numerous versions of that. I think the biggest learning, what, what, what changed the most, um, what, what would happen? to unpack a little of the process, which was more the question, um, was I would, you know, have a question, have a presupposition. So in college, I picked up one of the systematic theologies like a dork and um, was part of a, a fellowship that encouraged us to like tackle it kind of chapter by chapter. And so I entered New York with a systematic theology in mind that I had um, some some stock in and confidence in. And then seeing, hearing a really compelling uh, challenge, let's say, from someone outside the church on why that doesn't seem great. 
And then perhaps also hearing someone else from a different Christian background share a, a different perspective on it and unpack it really well um, and defend it really well with the same standards I would have used or that you know the author of the systematic theology used uh, to justify that perspective. And so I would say what happened is I developed a really, two things. I developed a really deep sense of what is called common grace, which is uh, kind of the theological label for the sentiment that uh, by God's grace, everyone, regardless of their relationship to him, whether they've pursued him or not, whatever they think about him, has received the grace as a creation of his to do some good, to see some beauty. Um, it's not like you decide to become a Christian and all of a sudden your eyes are completely opened and um, there was nothing you saw before that moment. I do think the spirit reveals things to us, but it's not, it's not so black and white. Um, and this, we see this, this is natural. This is not, uh, I'm not sharing anything that will shock anyone. We can look around the world and see folks um, of every stripe doing beautiful things um, that, that any, any Christian with, with integrity would have to describe as loving and Christ-like even, even if they don't have a relationship uh, with Christ. And in the same hand, of course, it's easy to look around the world and throughout history and see Christians doing quite the opposite as well. So one was just a much deeper sense of common grace, which means I can learn a lot from my friends outside the church, a lot more than I thought. Um, and I even had encounters, moments with friends, good friends who are uh, not Christian and, you know, acknowledge with them, hey, you love people better than I do. Um, I do believe Jesus really gets, in relationship with Jesus, are we actually free to love to our, like the best we can, to our greatest potential? <laughs> but I'm still growing in that. And my friend who doesn't have, you know, the same relationship uh, with Christ, uh, right, I think in many ways loves people better. Um, and so appreciating that, appreciating being able to learn from others much more. So that was the first thing, comment and appreciation of common grace. And then the second thing is, uh, within within the church, within Christian traditions, and, and thinking specifically of my relationship uh, with God, kind of just remembering, this is a cheesy line, um, but I, it grows in depth the deeper you push. Um, but that it it's not, Christianity is not a worldview. It's not a systematic theology. Um, it very much is a relationship. Um, and because of that, uh, that, that just reframes so much that I think uh, our first reaction dealing with a religion does differently. Um, it reframes how we feel, again, how we feel about precision of understanding. Um, we're friends. I trust you. Um, and all of our listeners listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, no, you'll, you'll get where I'm going in a moment. I trust you, but I trust you not because I've 
you know, read the full report of your history and future. And I know every nuance and detail of your life. Um, you know, I trust you because I know you. Um, I, I don't know exactly what you're going to do. I have no clue. I had no clue. Half the question. Half the more than half the questions you've already asked today, um, but because I because I know I have a sense I have a confidence, and so you might do something tomorrow that like totally catches me off guard, um, but that won't shake my like trust relationship with you. Um, that's just one example. Um, so a, an appreciation of of really the Christian faith really is relationship, not as worldview or systematic theology, which gives so much more, I think enriches it, I think gives so much more room to engage with others, to realize you are wrong, to have the humility to change your perspectives on some things. Um, it op an appreciation of mystery and just the recognition, the honest, humble recognition of how, it's a little silly to, believe in a God we think created everything and then pretend to understand him super, super thoroughly with great precision um, or everything about him. So those, those two things perhaps. So 25 year old Gage. Yeah. He uh, calls why God why up and says, <laughs> here's mm -hmm. my, here's my why question. You know, mm -hmm. would it be, why does a good God allow suffering? Would it be, why are Christians so hypocritical? Or something like what? What was the why question that you were wrestling with when you were twenty-five, to the best of your ability to remember? You just had a birthday too. <laughs> That's tough. It was a lot at once. It was politics. Um, it was uh, human sexuality. It was suffering. Um. And it, and it was and there was a lot too, I think, of church, church hurt or trauma or abuse. I'm I'm fortunate in that I I would say I have not experienced it, but just reckoning with a lot of friends who had, um, and then a lot of people I didn't know but were introduced with through friends or through podcasts or whatever. Um, that that perhaps weighed what was was most forefront in that moment um, and often connected to the others too, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, probably if I could sum up all the why with all those hot button issues, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it had to do, why wasn't the church living out the gospel? Is that, that's not the question you would necessarily ask, but you, yeah, you yeah, take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, if, if I believe that the Christian church is the, is the new kind of humanity or the redeemed humanity that, that Jesus came to, um, to empower, to, to be a blessing to the world, even start, you know, we see this in the Old Testament with, with um, God calling Abraham to be a blessing to the nations, right? If I believe that's what the church is supposed to be, an actual, and in, in, in that the answer to, to be the most life-giving community of people in the world is, is Christ, uh, why doesn't it look like it 
in these instances? Why, wh- where has that fallen apart? Why is that falling apart? Yeah. We're, uh, we're recording this in summer 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're probably, there's a lot of topics we're probably going to hit, but what discourages you most about the political climate in, uh, in America? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's an easy answer. Um, I think a lot of people would say it. Um, the lack of charity towards each other. Um, and yeah, let's call it unhealthy partisanship. Um, the struggle to question one's own assumptions and think well of the person who disagrees. Um, And I I would say the most frustrating part is when I do see that in the church because, and and when I hear things like, uh, you can't be a Christian Democrat um, or a Christian Republican, it, that that's probably the most frustrating to me just because I think it betrays a, at best and in an innocent way, maybe a shelteredness, just a, a lack of exposure, which can happen by nature of your surroundings. And because of the way social media is now is easier and easier for that to happen. But gosh, oh my, like my life has been so enriched by folks of different perspectives. And um, I'm so sad when it sounds like there's not only a unaware or, or perhaps not an awareness, but, but a closeness or, or the assumption that there's not others, others who share the deep, like rich convictions I have who might think differently on this. And I, I'm, I'd be curious to seek that out. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to get super personal. We're about yeah, to kind of close, yeah. but um, when you think about your life <clears throat> and you can pick out of these four that this is what I wish God would audibly tell me. Um, Mm. I love you. I accept you. I'm delighted in you. I'm proud of you. Which one of those phrases do you think, and not the Bible answer, because that's not what you're, but which one of those do you think because in some ways we've been searching for any of those that message our entire life. Which one do you think you were pursuing? Um, for me, in, in my life, I think one of the most influential things that shaped me in a way that's hungry for that is uh, growing up, just received a lot of affirmation um, from uh, role models you know, from, from teachers and parents and parents, friends and friends, parents, you know, that whole thing. Um, and so at some point <laughs> that switch flipped and it wasn't, oh, this is cool. It became, oh, I need this. Uh, if I'm not getting that, you know, affirmation, um, something's wrong. I mean, you know, I start to question my, what am, if I'm not this person that everyone speaks so well of and affirms, who am I? Um, so, you know, I translate that to, to God. Um, though, like I said, not, not necessarily as, I, 
I do struggle more and <laughs> um, how people internally with how I think people are seeing me than, than with God. As soon as I remember, um, even just as soon as I remember God's present, yeah, I, I, it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a welcome relief. Mm. Not, not a, oh, I need, there, there truly isn't much sense of, I need to, uh, make you proud. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at a different stage of my faith journey, but, um, yeah, now it's more just trying to re- remember more often and consistently, um, that he is present because when I do it, it, yeah, it's a welcome, it's a welcome thing. Let's close with this. I send the email out saying we're talking about this topic at why got why, or I send the text out. What are the topics that you, if you're available, you're volunteering that you're most excited to talk about? Hard to choose. Um, the first, you don't have to choose. You can just, you can spout them off. Spit off you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first ones that come to mind are uh, faith and beauty. Mm. I think much of the tradition I grew up in <laughs> did not have an appreciation of beauty very well. And speaking of common grace, you know, the transcendentals that people far outside the church refer being uh, uh, goodness, truth, and beauty. Um, beauty is one of those. <laughs> We've been really, I think, I think my faith tradition has been uh, has honored goodness and truth and has forgotten about beauty. I mean, I'm a Protestant, so, you know, we kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater there in many regards. More on that later. Um, <laughs> Gen Zer at heart, but that's a whole other. <laughs> Ooh, at heart, maybe, maybe at heart. I'm not a Gen Zer, but uh, I, I resonate a lot with them. Um, yeah, that beauty question that seems to be a big one there. Um, so yeah, faith and beauty. And there's there's tangents of that with Christian art and why it's you know questionable at times or just kind of uh, politics for sure, especially with the next election rapidly approaching. Um, just really, really, really wanting to invite folks to think through that more charitably and lovingly and open mindedly towards e- even just other folks of, of, of Christian faith tradition. Um, and then I think maybe the last one would be something to do with, I don't know, I don't know how to frame this topic quite yet uh, within Why God Why, but something to do with kind of the seeker-sensitive megachurch movement, hype church, yeah. Smoke machines, you know. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I think that resonated with some people. We'll, we'll figure out a way to fit <laughs> that in there. Well, well Gage, we want to we wanna leave our listeners asking more because you're going to be doing some interviews, but... Uh, Looking forward to it. I'm going to give you the last word. Anything else you want to say to our listeners about this next year? I'm just, I'm excited. Um, we've spent, we've spent some decent time thinking through where we want to go and brought new folks in um, who, who I'm really excited, even in this preseason. Um, I'm excited to, 
to for folks to hear their stories a bit more. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for where we're going. I'm really I'm really hoping that we can um, kind of push, turn the dial up a little bit here, um, and 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 poke at some of the questions at at some without without needing to be totally set on an answer, right? Um, and I don't always think there is. I'm excited about the opportunity to dive into questions, even even at a little greater depth, um, and in topics of um, some some real timely uh, resonance. Folks, there you have it. Make sure you follow us at whygotwhypodcast.com.